0: The Staff and Graf Podcast oh, This is weird, my lock's been drilled So I open the door and my steering wheel is missing You know what, you're trying very hard not to get sued You can have all the talent in the world skating around But if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter Top 10 lists are the worst Welcome back to the Staff and Grab
1: Podcast. I'm Mike Stevens, and sitting virtually across from me is the one and only future first female GM in NHL history,
0: Rachel Dory. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? You, you've been riding up a storm and traveling here, there, and everywhere. What's, what's the deal?
1: It's great, man. Like, just got back got back from the World Juniors on Friday. We're recording this on Monday. Um, got back at about, like, noon or so uh, uh, on Friday, went like got got back to my apartment, like basically just slept the rest of the day, got up, went to go see a movie, went back, slept, then woke up the next day, worked all day because I was covering the leaves, so was basically at the rink all day then uh then then Sunday rolled around, and I basically had no energy, um but I managed to to make dinner for my dad, and I showed him the Batman and <laughs> I it.
0: showed him um, the Batman nice the movie because
1: we like. Uh, also, we usually watch football, but, um, but like because he's old. No, he's not old. He, but like because he's like a uh, you know middle aged man, he doesn't like to stay up for the the Sunday night game. So we watch the four like the four p.m. games, right? Because it's perfect. Like it ends at like seven seven thirty. Everyone gets to go home and go to bed. You know, nicely. And uh, and but the thing about the last week of the NFL season. There's nothing uh there's no real like playoff scenarios other than Sunday night and they were and it was just for like Green Bay and we weren't gonna stay up for that. So I was like, you know what, why don't I just watch the Batman instead? And he's like, Yeah sure. So we did, it was great. Um, and then I worked all day today and now we're doing this and I'm very tired, but we are we, we, we are rolling. We are we doing We are it.
0: rolling, yeah. I've had an eventful twenty-four hours. Um it's been a little bit wild, a little bit more wild than I would prefer mm-hmm. that it be. Yeah. Like, yeah, Um, but I watched the majority of the World Juniors. I had some uh, business things to attend to while that tournament was going on. Originally, I was actually going to be there with you. Um, mm-hmm. But then, yeah, some, some stuff and some things came up <laughs> that I had to manage. Um, So, yeah, we're back, but we're going to talk about it. I also think we're going to try and go to two a week, aren't we?
1: We're going to try. We're going to try sure. and go
0: two shows a week should we talk about the world juniors the tournament that you covered and
1: we should that was uh like f- like cuz i've watched you know i've never this is the first world juniors i ever covered like on the ground feet on the ground boots, but, on, know, the like,
0: ground. The boots on the ground yeah, in the
1: trenches yeah i was going to say ryan rashog in the trenches um and you know like it was it was absolutely incredible like it, it, like Halifax is such a special place like the fans were insane that's there was it was a 10,000 seat arena basically and that was maybe the loud like one of the loudest arenas I've ever been in uh, especially when Candace scored that OT winner like it was just absolutely freaking nuts like I like my my seat my the debt like the the desk that I was working at in the press box it was shaking it was nuts so
0: question um yeah I I thought about this um, as the tournament was going on. Do you think that it would be beneficial, especially where Canada and the U.S. are concerned, um, when you're hosting the World Juniors, do you think it'd be beneficial if the IIHF said, if you have an NHL team in your city, you can't have the World Juniors? Because I think it would be cool if places like Halifax and Quebec City and Regina and Saskatoon, like, those places got World Juniors. I don't think Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Winnipeg no, need World Juniors. In the same for the U.S. Like, go to, I don't know, Lake Placid or go um, places that maybe the NHL wants to grow the game. Houston um, could be cool. But, like, why, why would you go to Minnesota or Boston or... Any of that, like, I just think it's a really good opportunity, like you said, to have those small rinks. Um, Maybe if you're playing in the US, you play at like a collegiate arena. Mm -hmm. I think it could be so cool atmosphere wise. And then you get um, that, I would say more European feel where the rink is smaller and the people are more excited. They take a little bit more ownership of the tournament because it doesn't feel like there's a bigger team there. Do you think that that there's something to that?
1: Absolutely. It needs to be in, like even just growing up. Like the, the 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 world juniors that I remember the most were like Regina, Sask, you know, like Saskatoon, like you know those, like the ones that are that are held in uh, you know in places with junior hockey teams. And it doesn't have to just be major junior. It can be you know like you could have an N- NCAA team in that in that place, like Grand or Forks, USA, North Dakota, yeah, or like a USHL team or stuff yeah. like that. Like, but I do think that like there should be like a maximum like it should like in terms of an arena cap it should be like maximum like maybe 13000 max like absolutely like like i what made that what made this this event so special just from an atmosphere standpoint is like this was the event in town like this was the thing that was happening you know everyone you walk down the street everyone's wearing their their country's colors you know every store has has some sort of thing you know in the window saying oh you know like good luck good luck canada or or if they're not like saying good luck canada it's something else like it was it it's like um it's, it's it's like how I always get bummed that I went to U of T because I didn't experience like at University of Toronto because I didn't experience like a real university sort of experience because a real university experience is like the students run the town basically, you know, like London, Ontario, you know, like Kingston, places like that. like <laughs> Kingston when you're...
0: is absolutely yeah. berserk. Like, exactly. I have and, two and siblings that's... there right now and the amount of unhinged behavior that I either hear or see through various like social media is absolutely wild. <laughs> It's just, like, I totally agree with you. Like, university-wise, I mean, if you look at the two of us, like, I went to school in Sudbury, where you literally can't do anything.
1: Yeah, there's nothing to do in Sudbury. Um,
0: And then we both did degrees in the GTA, right? Me at York and and you at U of T. Like, neither Mm -hmm. one of us went to Guelph, London, Kingston. Uh, I would not really put Hamilton there, but... Uh, something like that. The only I think the only one that might be a little bit different is Montreal because they've got McGill and McGill kind of seems like it's a city by itself.
1: Yeah, but like the thing, the thing that I loved about this tournament is that like it was the big fish in the pond. Yeah, you know, like you, it didn't have to fight for relevance at all. You know, like in Toronto there, and even in you know, like you said, in like because cause I, I heard rumors when I were there that it was like you know potentially Vegas or Seattle was gonna be the no. next one. And, Stuff like that. And It's like there's so much stuff happening in these like major metropolitan cities. Like whether it's a musical in town, whether it's the other sports teams, whether it's like whether it's concerts, Vegas, it's any-
0: like Vegas, like, dude, Vegas. You wouldn't even like uh, um, you're not even you in like, even like the top register. twenty important things in that city.
1: Like I was having dinner with someone who was at the tournament who literally used to participate in like Miss Universe pageants. Like legitimately, like. You know, she was like Miss uh, whatever state or whatever, and she's like, if we're in Vegas, like they don't even like we don't even register, like no one even no one would even care that like the Miss Universe pageant was in town, you know? Like so for the the World Juniors, like like there's a reason why they um there's there's like there's a reason why they uh, uh they had the NHL media tour in like Henderson, you know? Like it's it it, it you're not you're gonna be fighting, so yeah, how like you want to be the big you sort of the big fish and Halifax was incredible. And just like, and like I said, you know, this is my first one I've ever covered, like, on the, you know, in the trenches, feet on the ground. Um, But I've watched, you know, every year since I was conscious. This had to be, this had to be, like, the best tournament, just, like, product-wise, I can remember. I know it's, there might be recency bias, but, like, every single game, even the relegation games, and I watched them all, you know, like, even the relegation games, they were like, like it, it was riveting hockey it was incredible
0: yeah like I I'd agree I, I mean I I spoke to quite a few scouts and uh quite a few people from from TSN, who, and then like they hold the rights obviously so they've seen a lot of it um and a couple like a couple of them made it a point to say like this has been the most competitive an entertaining tournament in quite a while. If you think about it, the Czechs haven't really been in it lately. The Slovakians haven't really been in it re- lately. The relegation games have been absolutely terrible of late. Yeah. Right? You had that span where the Germans, like when they had uh, Stutzla, Paterka, and uh, Elias, were were entertaining. But in terms of overall competitiveness, this was really the first time, I feel like, in a really long time, where I felt like, you know what? Canada or the US probably is not gonna win. And Canada almost didn't. They almost
1: didn't twice.
0: L- yeah. Like they so like it
1: shouldn't have been that close against against Slovakia. Yeah. And it shouldn't have been that well, it you know, like the Czechs, and I'll get into the Czechs, because I might I might apply for dual citizenship. I love that team. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my god. Well, we can talk about the Czechs. Like, I think that Czechia's success. Is great not only for this tournament but for hockey in general. Like, look at how engaged Jakub Voracek was, David Pasternak, Thomas Hurdle. Like, these are all really good players from Czechia, and now you've got some really good young players that are coming up. You've got Yurechek, you, his brother Adam, um, mm-hmm. Svozil. Um, there's uh, Shapovalov, who is a Vegas draft pick. You've got
1: like Yuri Kulich was Ugh. was fantastic. Marcel Marcel played pretty well. Yvonne Yvonne uh, from
0: the summer. Now Marcel Marcel. Who's next?
1: And yeah, it's incredible. Like like and um uh uh Sakonik.
0: Oh, the too. goalie. The fact that the-
1: I thought he tore his I thought he tore his groin in the in the gold medal game. I like the way he was holding it, the way he went down. I was like, yo, this sucks because he, he had played so well and he was so happy after they were earned the the, the gold medal game. I remember talking to him and then he stayed, somehow stayed in the game. It was absolutely insane. The
0: fact that this man had more points than I think like I, he was like top five in scoring on his team or something like that, which is wild because, you know, he's a goaltender. Um, (laughs) like, just absolutely insane. Like, I think he outscored some of the guys on Canada, which is hilarious. Um, Mm. but yeah, overall, I agree with you. I think, um, the Czechs were a fantastic story. The fact that it was a super competitive tournament in general, um, was a great story. And then, um, that, that boy from North Vancouver, BC, uh, he good, he really good. <laughs>
1: okay, you know we we you know you're big in, into scouting and whatnot, you know, and so like you know we always talk about like these absurd lists that we see, and oh, some God. people, you know, and there's sometimes that you know, like I'm pretty sure who was it? Was it like some some dummy put like Fantilia above Bedard and oh, stuff and, like then,
0: that. and then and then some dummy who uh, admits to war crimes on his Twitter account decided that he was going to call me. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, I, n- I know who you're talking yeah. about, but like war crimes? Yeah, for a long time his pinned tweet was like proud doer of war crimes. Just incredible.
1: Uh, oh, because he like served in the military or He served or? in Iraq. Oh, jeez. Um, but yeah,
0: he called me a charlatan, which is essentially uh, somebody who fakes being good at their job. And I didn't want to do it on Twitter, but um, Steve, I literally did a master's of analytics in the f- draft. Like well, what that, are like, you, you talking NH- about?
1: On top of that, you worked for NHL teams. Like, like he he cannot.
0: <laughs> it was know, honestly like he- it was like the one time where I was like, this is not a thing, like not but a thing. Anyway,
1: what I was trying to say <laughs> is that is is that like Bedard, and I it's nuts that we even ever had to to quantify it this way. But like he put, like he is he he's a generational talent. He is the number one overall pick. Like anyone. Like there is a sizable gap between Bedard and whoever comes next, whether it's Fantilli, whether it's Leo Carlson, whether it's Matt Michkov, yeah, e- like anything. Like Connor Bedard is in is playing like a different sport than them. Basically, like he is incredible.
0: What I will say is this: anybody who has Connor Bedard as not number one on their list is doing is one of two things, and I'm not even being facetious. Uh, they're a hot take artist, because it's basically there to drum up conversation. Or two, uh, they have no idea what they're doing. Because every... Michael Farber did a piece uh, back when it was McDavid's draft year, and it's basically, there is, quote-unquote, a generational talent, an average of about every seven or eight years. Connor McDavid has been in the league, for I believe I think this is his eighth year. Is I think this is is his seventh or, or eighth year. It's either
1: seventh or eighth year. This I'm pretty sure it's is, eighth,
0: though. Connor Bedard is the best prospect since like McDavid and Crosby. And I I would actually say that Bedard might be a better prospect than McDavid was because Bedard absolutely dominated the world juniors. McDavid did not. And and that's not a slack on Connor McDavid like we all know the player he's become. And I'm not for a second saying that Bedard is better than McDavid at this instant. I'm saying Bedard at his age is better than McDavid was at that age. And that is ridiculous to think about.
1: Yeah, it's insane. Like he he took over the tournament. Like he, it was every big moment, every time Canada needed a big moment, he was there. Every like, every single time. Overtime, opening the scoring, you know, like changing momentum, this, that, the other, like, like, I can't think of a, of a thing he, need, he has to improve on. There was like one time where he got into a skirmish and got an offsetting minor. And I was like, Oh, he shouldn't do that. And that's like literally the only time I thought a negative thought about Connor Bedard. Like it's, and he's, he's a child. Insane. Like he
0: needed a permission form to be there. 17
1: and he needed (laughs) and he needed to wear like the full the full uh uh uh, like bubble he had had to wear the fishbowl
0: i saw somebody say like if you break the canadian scoring record for points you should just be able to wear a visor
1: (laughs) well it's also annoying is that like he doesn't have to wear that in the whl but the double ihf has different safety standards for that like but he was incredible there's so many the one thing so we talked about the stuff that did do well like i loved like i you know i wrote many pieces on them um the checks like I, I they were just so easy to root for and talking to them after they they beat sweden um uh uh to to book their ticket to the the gold medal game like they were so they, i've never seen children so happy it was crazy <laughs> um but uh, uh speaking of sweden though like far and away the most disappointing team in the tournament like i was no one showed up for them they should have beat finland um, like, like to even make it past the quarterfinals. I think their goaltender um, was
0: probably like the only uh, and Axel Sandin pelica which is yes. he's a draft eligible. But like all of their high end picks, I agree with you. Like Lysel was good, but didn't put up any points. Totally unacceptable.
1: And then he got kicked out at the end, of the, <laughs> yeah. In the in the bronze, and then
0: he got ejected. Um, I thought Leo Carlson was actually for an underage player. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but then you have like some really high end draft picks that I thought were incredibly disappointing. Mhm. Right? And so so I'm with you. I think as a team they were disappointing save for their goaltender and um their draft eligible defenseman. And then they
1: and then they left their goaltender out to dry in in the gold sorry, in the bronze uh medal game. Like they like they they threw him to the wolves. I was gonna write a piece about, about uh Lindbaum. You know, I was gonna do like a profile because I thought he deserved it. And I just couldn't I couldn't. Because, you know, not only did they lose, but like he let in he let in seven goals. You know, like it, it it was tough, but not like not all like very few of them were actually his fault. And it was just it was it was difficult to see. Like he he tried his best, but Sweden was just And again, you know, this is, uh, these are kids can't be too hard on them, but these are guys who are approaching NHL age and man, like they, no one on that team stepped up.
0: Yeah. Like I think I wrote a piece on this for the hockey news. Um, you can't use the world junior tournament as your only evaluation of a player and you need to be careful and it's okay to say like, okay, Sweden was disappointing and and some of their high end players were disappointing. Lysel's been really good in the AHL, though. So that is yeah, but he that going to trump well. the the World Junior Tournament. Because uh, if we're calling a spade a spade, the AHL is far more difficult to play in. So that's fine. But you were kind of hoping that that some of their high-end picks w- would perform better. And, and they just didn't. Um, and then we... Speaking of disappointing. Um, Luke Tardif saying... Uh, this is keep in mind while there is a police investigation going on into what happened at the tournament the last time it was in Halifax. Luke Tardif saying that this tournament was the best medicine for hockey Canada because of all of they've been through really bothered me. I think first of all, I want to give him some benefit of the doubt because he's clearly not an English English na- is not yeah an English native speaker, and I don't think he meant for it to come out like that but that is not something that you can say unrehearsed given what's going on because the medic the best medicine isn't a great hockey tournament it's change and until hockey canada is going to demonstrate the change part of it i'm not really interested in any other type of medicine or antibiotic
1: the thing too is like anytime there was a mention like everyone was cheering like crazy for Canada everyone's having a great time you know there wasn't there was the ability to just enjoy the event um by everyone there media included um and and sort of just like give the the moment to these kids who have earned it you know like these are these kids didn't do those terrible things you know so let them have their moment um sorry but there was a uh there definitely was, like, a sentiment that any time Hockey Canada itself, as an organization, was announced, there, like, a hush would fall over the crowd. Well, didn't like,
0: that one guy who came out to hand out medals, like, they were applauding everybody, then they said Hockey Canada, and all of the Canadians oh, yeah. went silent?
1: I t- I tweeted that. Not a single person cheered for that. Like, keep in mind, Canada just Canada just won the gold medal in overtime on home ice. Like, like it does not get, it, unless it was against, like, the U.S., it does not get crazier than that. And the place was going berserk. It was nuts. They were doing the whole like ceremony and everything. Um, And they brought out like three, you know, like these three sort of figureheads and two of them were from the double IHF. And the last one was uh, like, like was hockey Canada, like board, like uh, a chair of the board, like the new guy. And, uh, and not a single person, like, like it it fell silent. And then like, and then when the, the MC started talking again, everyone sort of like the murmur picked up again, but like there was, there was definitely a, Anytime there was a mention of Hockey Canada, there was a, a, a like an uneasiness in the crowd. And look, as it should be. Like you're, the thing is, is, is that like, yeah, I, I want to say Luke Tardy. He's he's not, you know, it's it, English is not his first language. Um, so I feel like I feel like it, like
0: it probably came out in a way that he didn't mean for it to come out.
1: How I hope he meant it to come out was. He's like for Canadian hockey, like this is a great moment that we can celebrate after all the terrible stuff that's happened. Like I hope that that's sort of what he came out. We're like this is a positive for Canadian hockey um, after after you know like an entire like you know over calendar year of you know like just grappling with the horrors that that came on. But like you said, you know it has to be rehearsed. Someone should have looked over whatever speech he was reading from and and made sure that he said that properly. Um, But, you know, like at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's disappointing. Um, But I was really proud of the, of the, the crowd in Halifax for just how, like how they didn't get completely sucked back into the hockey Canada propaganda, you know, like they were appreciating the on ice product, but anytime the mention of the organization came up, it was crickets. And I think that's exactly what should have happened. Um, Yeah. But all in all, an incredible event. Like I like uh, I don't know if I can cover another one because none none of them will uh, uh will compete with this like this this was insane like it, I I loved it the town of Halifax is incredible um I got a haircut there just like randomly it was yeah, great. yeah Halifax is and we,
0: awesome and honestly so is Moncton um I didn't I didn't go to Moncton I didn't go to the
1: Moncton part apparently there were not very many people at the Moncton part but Halifax was great now Rachel real quick before we move on so I was uh, it was it was the day of the um. Of the... Br- no, not the bronze. Um, day of the semifinals. Okay. So we had the second relegation game. Then we had US... or Then we had a, a, a Czech versus Sweden. And then Canada-USA at night. And we go cover the first relegation game. Nothing really of note happens. I'm like, I don't really have anything to write about here. So I had like three hours to kill um, until the next game. So I go out and I'm walking around. And me and Ryan Kennedy, you know, we're, we're in... He, and he's like, yeah, I'm kind of hungry for this, hungry for this specific thing. I'm like, ah, right, go, go for it. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to just go and, and uh, like, and find, maybe find something quicker or just cheaper. Like, I'm not super hungry right now. Like whatever. And, he, and, and we walked by a barber barbershop and he's like, oh, you could get a haircut. Like, uh, and at the time, you know, like I hadn't gotten a haircut in like a year. And then, so he left and I'm just like walking around the streets of Halifax. I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of having long hair. This I'm annoyed. So I found the closest barber shop I could and shout out to Sam from the big mustache barbershop. I got a got a haircut. Came back. Everyone was all all riled up about it. But what people were wondering, but what, what we were talking about, what was growing is like it. Feel, it sounds like the term Halifax haircut. It sounds like a like a fight move of some sort. You know.
0: Like, yeah, that kind of sounds like something that would be would would get you suspended in school.
1: Gave him the old gave him the old Halifax haircut. You know. Yeah. You know, like and 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 my idea was that it that that should stand for a bottle to the head. Oh my god. <laughs> I feel like that would sound that would be a really good nickname for a bottle to the head. Michael, the old
0: why, the old Halifax are like haircut. This?
1: By the way, that is our that is our uh, our title of the podcast <laughs> this time. By the way, Halifax haircut. Um, but that was that was an absolute blast. Shout out to Halifax. Love you all. It was great. All right, let's talk about the NHL standings. Um, and I guess you know we we might as well cover the the bad stuff here. Is that the Chicago Blackhawks? Are just next level terrible. Like they are, they are or horrible. Like Arizona is not great. Neither is Anaheim. Um,
0: but I think but, Anaheim at least has pieces.
1: I okay. <laughs> now here's now quick non sequitur though, because I've had this debate with Ryan Kennedy on the on the THN podcast since the start oh, of the so year. So am I a tiebreaker
0: really. now? Yes.
1: Yeah, so okay. you're gonna and and I will likely be wrong because I mostly I most usually am in most aspects of life, um, but. My what I think is that Anaheim did not intend to be like very bad this year. I think they had expectations of getting towards the middle ground at least.
0: I'm gonna disagree with you. I'm not gonna i okay, I'm not gonna tell you why i I know that it's incorrect. I'll tell you why it makes sense that it's incorrect um. Mainly because the former will get me in trouble. Um, Anaheim is at this stage where um, they just lost Getzlav, um, and less recently Perry. Like They're going through a lot of turnover, and they brought in a new GM, Pat Verbeek. And one of Verbeek's big things is not rushing the development of players. And so they got a bunch of, when when I say high-end prospects, Anaheim, Minnesota, probably two of the best prospect pools in the league. Um, you think about Anaheim, right? You've got McTavish, Zgris, who's still in his ELC, Jamie Drysdale, Olin Zellweger. Um, yeah,
1: I was going to say, who, and we're going to bring him up in a little bit. Yeah,
0: like they just have a plethora of ridiculously good prospects and Anaheim has the best track record over the past 15 years of developing defensemen the problem is is they do not have a superstar and when I say superstar I mean not somebody like Like Trevor Matthews yeah not somebody like Trevor Zegers who gets attention and looks good I'm talking about a game breaker when a Nathan McKinnon a Connor McDavid, a Austin Matthews, like that level of hockey player, mm-hmm. and Connor Bedard, and Connor Bedard is most certainly that. But getting any one of Fantilli, Carlson, Michkov, would be tremendous for them. Even Will Smith, who's out of uh, the U.S. National Development Program, um, any any one of those to add that any one of those players could potentially be that guy. But mm. you want Bedard. If Anaheim gets Bedard, they are going to be really good really quickly. <laughs> because then their center depth goes like this Connor Bedard, Mason McTavish, Trevor Ziegress, Nathan Gaucher. And then what you can do is you just probably you just move Zegris to the wing and you play him with Bedard or McTavish. And that is. A formidable three-headed monster. I'm talking McTavish, Zegras, and Bedard. Um, and so yeah, I think Anaheim. Anaheim is absolutely on the right track. They're they're gonna sell at the deadline. Um, and they'll probably get assets for a guy like Klingberg. Um, will they? Yeah, they and and probably Josh Manson. Um,
1: Josh Manson's already gone. Oh
0: yeah, you're right. Sorry,
1: he won a Stanley Cup.
0: <laughs> you're right. My brain <laughs> <call her> is. <laughs> Who am I thinking about that? There's, uh... Cam Fowler. Yes. Um, like, they're, they're gonna get assets. Um, but yeah, Anaheim absolutely meant to be bad this year. I mean, uh, John Gibson's the other one. I just don't know if they're gonna get any value for him.
1: Dude, John... John Klingberg has just lit so much money on fire.
0: Oh, a wild, wild amount of money. Like, he... Like,
1: he's not I don't he, there's no way he matches his AAV
0: but okay can we talk about <laughs> the standings please
1: <laughs> yes absolutely Chicago's terrible it is but okay what's really interesting with the standings though uh, with Chicago is there's certain pieces that you'd think like in specifically Max Domi that you'd think that they would want to trade but he's just worked out so well they they might want to keep him what do you think
0: yeah I I could absolutely see them keeping him um I could see a scenario where Patrick Kane Mm -hmm. uh, is dealt to a contender. Um, Oh, wow. What a hot take. No, no, no. Like, and then re-signs there. Yeah, I could see... I'm, In the summer? No. Like this summer? Yeah, I could see a situation where Kane is dealt to a contender and re-signs with the team that he's dealt with, depending on where it is. Um,
1: oh, oh, I thought you meant he's dealt to a team at the deadline and then re-signs with Chicago. Oh, God, no.
0: No. I was like, what?
1: That makes no... no what are you talking about? No, that no. makes no
0: sense. I could I could also see the same thing with Taves. Um, it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens based on what i've heard uh from from various people but like chicago will have assets to deal um philly has assets to deal i think columbus is worse than we expected but injuries are a huge part of that right like when you miss zach warrensky's out for the season patrick Line's hmm. missed a bunch of time that's probably arguably two of your top three players has been out adam Boakwiss has been out like you're in trouble when when that happens um the Avs are somehow on points percentage in a wildcard spot, and they're literally playing with AHL forwards.
1: Dude, they had, like, Charles Hudon Charles as, like, their second-line center for, like, a solid two weeks. Like, it was crazy. Like, the, the, the injuries that they were dealing with was absolutely insane. And the fact that... well, Jared Bednar deserves a-, a medal. Oh, yeah, Jared Bednar. Well, he deserves, like, best-dress coach award. That guy is a silver fox. He knows exactly what yes. to do when it comes fashion-wise. But, like... I mean, it obviously goes. Another thing is that Kale McCarr is like going Super Saiyan this year. Like he is, like this guy's averaging like thirty minutes a night that now. Guy is like all wild, he's the best. Of, like we don't, for as much as we talk about Kale McCarr, we don't talk about him enough. He's he's far and away the best defenseman in the league. He does so many. Like there's an argument
0: to be made based on Colorado's season that if they make the playoffs this year, McCarr should win the heart.
1: Yeah, there's a look, there's an argument to say that like, like Kale McCarr is pound for pound, like and this might this is gonna be an extremely hot take, but like based on on who like his position as a right shot defenseman. So how scarce that asset is, all of the things he can do, how well he does them and how and how often he does them and and for how long of a game, like how how the amount of a game he does, he does them for, which is like he's averaging like 27 minutes a night, which is like two minutes more than any anyone else. He plays league. half the game. He might be the most valuable player to his team in the league. I think. Like
0: yes, well, like you take Kale McCart. No, McDavid is more valuable to Edmonton because without McDavid, uh, Edmonton would be in the lottery this year. Um, not even being drive. facetious,
1: they still have dry no, solo,
0: though. No, not enough. Um,
1: no, no, not enough at all. But like, we're not talking about them like making the playoffs. They're barely making the playoffs with. Them, and that's what I'm saying. Alone, Whereas, like,
0: know? with Kale, I'm t- like, if you're talking about. If I'm building a team from scratch, I might take Kale McCarr over McDavid because mm. the scarcity of elite right-handed defensemen. Yes,
1: that's what I was saying.
0: Who can game? Who can change the game? Yes, McDavid is a unicorn, and he wouldn't go lower than two on my list. But I would seriously consider taking McCarr because he's just—he's more rare. He's a unicorn.
1: Yeah, I think.
0: And and, and couldn't that, Edmonton use Makar right now? Like, they're in oh, yeah, yeah. trouble. Edmonton
1: could use a warm body on defense. Like, anyone, like... A capable uh, defenseman. Edmonton is the most... Like, and I know I, I, I rag on the Oilers because I generally despise their media and fan base. Um, but, and and actually their front office and a lot of the decisions that, that they make. Um, but, like, it, it just... It is so irresponsible what they're doing. Like it burns my, it boils my blood. It
0: should it, be it, 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 a the equivalent of a federal offense in the NHL to have Connor McDavid, have Connor McDavid playoffs, and be this bad. It no, should just be. It should even, be.
1: It's not even that you have Connor McDavid and you're this bad. You have Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. You lucked out with that. You weren't expecting Draisaitl and to like be, Zach Eymans you know, having the an best insane in the year. So is Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And you found you had found money with Stuart Skinner, you know, like that, like you you were you kept him in the AHL in, in lieu of Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith last year, <laughs> which was a choice. And 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 you got him, and you were able to you got him up, like you finally called him up. He played, he's played fantastic for you, really saved your season, um, and uh, and is also was able to you were able to also re-sign him for dirt cheap because if he's gonna be this good for the foreseeable future, that's a great deal they have. And they're still this bad. Their score like I it it is it is extremely difficult for an NHL team to be this bad and like an NHL team that wants to win as well to be this bad at finding scoring depth. If you look at the like if you look at the top four scores on on the Oilers, it's you know like some David Dreisidel, Hyman and Nugent Hopkins, who are all either over a point per game or very close. Uh, mcdavid's like two points per game It's nuts. he's yeah unhinged and then and then there's like a 20 to 30 point gap in between the like it's it goes from like like you know like zach hyman with like 39 points in like 41 games and then it goes down to like Derek ryan with like 11 <laughs> you know like it's like it's and i'm not even joking like it's absolutely insane and you you had a guy like what i love is that it just goes to show that just how bad this team is at talent evaluation. Because you had a guy, Stuart Skinner, in your system, and for some reason you went out and you you gave Jack Campbell, you know five, you know five over five,
0: which has not and, gone great. Which is which has
1: gone as bad as it can possibly go. Well,
0: I think okay, and this is where I think Sheldon Keith deserves credit. Yes, Jack Campbell is having a very poor season, but. The Leafs are very good defensively, and Jack Campbell benefited from that. The Oilers are horrendous defensively, mm-hmm. and Jack Campbell is dealing with the repercussions of that.
1: He's a system goalie, just like how Tom Brady's a system quarterback. Oh, uh,
0: Sir, you take that back right now. <laughs> you take that back. That is not allowed.
1: Um, the entire Penguins team... Traveled to uh, uh, travel to Montreal to attend the funeral of Chris Latang's father, who passed away on, uh, I believe it was January second, the day of the winter uh, the Winter Classic, um, which which caused uh, uh you know like Chris to to fly home and not participate in the game. Um, absolutely like just absolutely tragic, but also what a show of support. Yes,
0: yeah, like, just so a- amazing. Josh Yo of the Athletic uh, dropped the story on Monday. So basically, uh, the Pens had a 10-day road trip that ended in Arizona, uh, I believe, on Sunday. Um, and they were due to fly to Pittsburgh because they play the Vancouver Canucks on Tuesday. Um, and somehow, Mike Sullivan, Sidney Crosby, Malkin, like the Penguins' leadership, basically said, uh, we need to go to Montreal. And Monday was an off day for the Penguins, Um and instead of being at home with their families after a 10 day road trip, the entire team thought it was more important to be there to support their teammate than it was to be at home. And I think that that shows what an incredible locker room the Pittsburgh Penguins have. And also, I think the organization deserves a a heaping ton of credit because Mm. it is not cheap to pay for all of those hotel rooms that extra flight all of the staffing and food associated with it and it's a logistical nightmare like i've Mm. i've been on the inside i know how changes in travel plans can can impact that kind of thing especially when it involves um leaving the country and entering another one like you can fly pretty much here, there, and anywhere um, within the U.S. or within Canada. The second you have to cross the border, there is a manifest, there is paperwork, there are passports. It's a logistical nightmare to get done on short notice. And so the Penguins organization, on the whole, deserves a ton of credit mm-hmm. for doing this. Because I guarantee you, it costs millions of dollars.
1: Yeah, <sighs> good. Like well we just talked about how owners have money to throw around and uh, and should be using that for worthwhile causes. Well, this is yeah. a worthwhile cause. And the, like like uh, the Fenway Sports <laughs> Group bought, bought the Pittsburgh Penguins They own they, Liverpool.
0: Like they're fine.
1: Like that <laughs> is not that like that is not even a drop in the ocean to them. You know, like
0: they won't even they notice did. it on their bottom line. When you own the Boston Red Sox and Liverpool Football Club a couple million bucks, let's call it maybe 2 million bucks. Not even gonna mm. notice it. And exactly. now you think about it, you think about those Penguins players. They know that their organization, when the chips are down, is going to back them.
1: Exactly that. That adds so much. Like if your employer goes out of their way to help you like that, to drop to, to put their money where their mouth is, yep. their their time where their mouth is, because it it you know it takes a lot of time, as you said, to to negotiate or not negotiate to. To sort of like essentially sort through all that logistical stuff to, to get together, to book the hotels, to book the flights last minute, you know, to, to you know, like you said, to get like catering for everyone. Like that, that, that's a lot of, not that's not just money that you're spending. That's time. That's people's time in their job. Yeah. Like whoever beyond. the if,
0: team services guy is for Pittsburgh, well done. Seriously. Yeah. Well done.
1: So that's going to mean a lot to your, to, you know, in, and think to the, your employees and
0: think about the message it sends around the league. Right. You, we always hear, oh, th- this guy doesn't want to sign or players don't want to sign here because X, Y, Z, like players obviously right now don't want to sign in Arizona. Um, and, and there's a few other places as well. But now you look at something like Pittsburgh and when you're looking at that and you say, OK, like I know that when push comes to shove, uh, this is how the organization treats people. Um,
1: They're gonna have my back. Yeah. They're gonna go out of their way to and and the culture. It
0: just, I think it just speaks to the culture of that locker room, um, and to the decision makers in the organization because it would have been very easy for somebody like Mario Lemieux to just be like, "Nope, we're not going to do that." I
1: mean, like you said, they have a, they have a game uh, on Tuesday. They have a game on Tuesday
0: that you know what? I really wouldn't be surprised if they lost because. Travel does a lot, and not having a day off does a lot. And you also think about it; these players gave up their CBA mandated day off to be there for their teammate. You want to talk about locker room culture?
1: Hope they don't get fined for that.
0: <laughs> like, oh, oh, no. if the NHL finds the Penguins for that, that's going to be ridiculous. But I mean, I, I just I thought it was a really nice thing to do, and it shows that there are good people. um, And honestly, that's an organization that I think a lot of people look at and say, yeah, wouldn't mind going there.
1: Well, Rachel, our final topic of the day. And it's, it's, it's a personal favorite of mine. It's junior hockey trades. We've had it. This is, I, uh, it's funny. I was talking to, uh, uh, to Myrtle about this last night because, you know, like he's, he's, he's from Kamloops. He never shuts up about it. um, And, Kia and the Kamloops Blazers just made a giant trade that we'll get into. Um, everyone is going for it this year in 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 junior hockey, and but well, like obviously there have to be teams to give away stuff. But like, there's a lot of teams. Like when it comes to an arms race, like like teams are going for it, and pretty much everyone from Canada, like from Canada's World Junior team, is getting traded except like, Connor
0: Bedard because their silly goose owner and GM won't trade him. Well,
1: they wa- what they they want the the reason why they won't trade him is because they want you know like the legacy of Connor Bedard. they want him to have spent his entire career as a Regina Pat and you know like to so they're to, basically to
0: look... they're making it about themselves yes in a sport where everybody loves to wax poetic about not being selfish
1: I believe Connor Bedard uh stuff I believe Connor Badard reported back to the uh to the Regina Pats the other night um, and scored and five his first game. Yes, and had four goals and an assist. So that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I know. no, I think it was three and two, but the point is, yeah. Like- no, he
1: scored four goals, I'm pretty sure. I saw that. I'm pretty sure he hit him with the four. But we talk about junior trades. Like, this is an absolutely absurd sort of like series of events that happen here. And you look at these. So, o- Olin Zellweger, uh, the Kansas Blazers acquired o- Olin Zellweger and Ryan Hofer. Now, I don't know who Ryan Ryan Hofer or Hofer uh, he's is. He's a young,
0: young prospect. Good promises. Yep. Good
1: promise, but he's not like like the, the main the main sort of like uh, uh, I guess sort of piece to resistance here. The bell of the ball is Olin Zellweger, you know, like the guy who played like thirty minutes a night for Canada, best defenseman um, in, in the, the
0: WHL, but probably yes. the best defenseman in junior hockey.
1: He was absolutely incredible. He like his his combination of size and skill and mobility, like that was the biggest thing that basically allowed Canada to to beat the U.S. They just grinded them down, and, and Olin Zellweger was there. I want to read like I, I know we have it here, but I just want to read out for our for our listeners um, what he was traded for. So it's yeah, it's Olin Zellweger and a prospect in Reinhofer. We have uh, going back to the Everett Silver tips, we have Drew Englot, Caden Hamill, Rylan Pierce. Jack B- uh, Baker, a 2023 first round pick, a 2023 second round pick, a 2023 fourth round pick, a 2024 first round pick, a 2024 fifth round pick, a 2025 first round pick, a 2025 third round pick, a 2026 first round pick, a conditional 2020 sec- uh, 2026 second round pick, and then a 2026 sixth round pick. That's so for those four- of you
0: counting at home, that's four players and 10 picks.
1: <laughs> uh, like like the, the player, that, that 2026 sixth rounder. Or any of the players in that in the twenty twenty six, they're ten years old right now. Yeah,
0: because the WHL has a ban of draft. Like these are these are people that are like in grade six,
1: grade grade five, grade six. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you are yeah. literally trading somebody in grade six.
1: Like this is it's amazing. Like you're you're trading a, a kid who like just stopped peeing his pants. <laughs>
0: You're no, like, or by the curriculum standpoint, you are trading a kid who is learning fractions right now.
1: Mm-hmm. And listen, fractions are hard. Some would say I've never actually learned them, but what? And some would say that some people never stop peeing their pants. But I, the the fact that these kids like junior hockey trades are absolutely absurd. Like they're you know, Owen Beck also got traded along with uh, Ethan Del Mastro and, um, uh, and
0: Luca Del Bell Deleuze?
1: Yeah, Who, just my favorite, incredible name. One
0: of my favorite scouts calls him Beluga because he has like a bit of a lisp and couldn't say Del Bell Belus. So he just called him Beluga because he's also super tall. And every time he'd say it, I would just die laughing inside. And now... It's pretty
1: nuts if you can't pronounce your own last name.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. Like a scout couldn't pronounce his name. Mm. And and so then whenever like him and I would like talk about him, it would just be like Beluga. It's <laughs> so funny. Oh, but funny. like Mississauga, you know what? Um it's I put it here, like Mississauga, generally speaking, doesn't like to trade away. Like, they're one of those middling teams, um, similar to some NHL teams that will not be named on this podcast. Um But it was interesting because they traded their three best players, and in return they got four players and seven picks. But what's key is that um, Martone was a fifth overall pick in this past OHL draft. Van Volsen was the sixth overall pick in the past draft. And, like, three of the four players they acquired were top 15 picks in the OHL but th- draft. This
1: is a big package, like, not just of picks, but of the players that are involved.
0: Yeah, like, Mississauga in two years is going to be really good. Like, really good. And it's because they... Did the right thing. Junior hockey is very cyclical unless you're like oh, London. It, it's like it, uh, it
1: goes in like three year cycles, three or four years. Yeah,
0: there are a couple of exceptions, but usually it's you're bad and then you load the hell up and then you trade everybody away and it just goes round and around and around and around. Mm-hmm. Um, And so Mississauga uh was kind of in that. Well, we're not going to win, so we might as well get assets so that we can try um, in a couple of years, and I think that was really shrewd management, um, by their GM. I think he's James Richmond. Um, so really well done. And then, uh, Shane Wright's gonna get traded for like the sun and the moon.
1: Like either way, Shane Wright needs to be playing meaningful hockey. It's a shame that Connor Bedard probably won't.
0: Oh my god, it's absolutely is ridiculous.
1: And I would love to see a Connor Bedard trade package Bro- after that. Like, like that would just be a team.
0: Like, <laughs> Here is the keys to our entire franchise.
1: <laughs> like the Regina Pats, uh, are like the Regina Pats have acquired the Everett Silver Tips, or some, or you know, like or the but, like, whatever. But it's, it's not crazy. even just that.
0: Like Regina also has Stanislav Svozil, the Czech defenseman. Yes, if they traded Bedard and Svozil, they could set themselves up to be de- disgusting in a couple of years because the assets that would return for both of those players would be incredible. Like teams would line up for that those kinds of of players. There is not an asset that wouldn't be parted with in the WHL if it meant you could get Connor Bedard. And Camloops is I think they're hosting the Mem Cup. So yeah, like they want to win and the, the owner of the Camloops Blazers is also the owner of the Dallas Stars. Gagliardi. Yeah, Tom Gagliardi and and Already, like, Logan Stankoven is there. So then you would have two-thirds of the best line at the World Juniors, which would be absolutely hilarious. Um, But yeah, Regina's just straight-up not going to trade Bedard. And I guarantee you it's because they want whoever drafts Connor Bedard first overall to say from the Regina Pats, as opposed to doing Mm -hmm. what's best for the player, which is to allow him to play meaningful hockey, because um, hot take he's not playing junior hockey after this year <laughs> damn
1: that's 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 a scorching take from you Rachel well um, basically
0: the Regina Pats are the Edmonton Oilers of the WHL like they have far and away the best player and are a trash heap all around
1: mm-hmm. I'm sure Bedard loves that I'm sure he's just he, yeah thrilled. I mean Bedard
0: strikes me as like a super loyal guy like if you look he at is. his if you watch his interview after he won gold he was like I don't want to talk about myself
1: he said that many times. He said that to us many times. And I,
0: I I, don't know why, but I think with him, I get the feeling that it's actually genuine. Like, he doesn't want, he seems to be uncomfortable with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, would it surprise me if he wanted to stay in Regina? No. Is it the best thing for his development? Absolutely not.
1: And I just want to give a shout out to the little step stool we had to have for Connor Bedard so he could see over the entire uh, crazy scrum of media. Is he too small to play him- in the NHL? uh remains to be seen. We'll have to see.
0: <laughs> Someone um, is 100% coming with that take oh and yeah. you know it.
1: You know. Um, but on that note, we have reached into the podcast. Um it's it's a great episode. I think Jesse will be back for the next one. Um, we're going to do a round table
0: if, at some point.
1: Yes, so we're, we're all three of us are on here. It'll be great. Um yeah, we love it. So, thanks uh thanks for listening. I'm going to go get some dinner. I'm I'm fading rapidly. Um and
0: yeah. Yeah, everyone Peace. yell at Mike. To eat food because he mm-hmm. literally is like oh I forgot to eat today and I I was busy at work no a job. <laughs> no eat food nah it's important you will literally die if you don't eat and also how many times have you screamed at me for not eating because I yeah, may or may lot. not have medical concerns when I don't eat <laughs>
1: Yeah, I've done a lot, okay. Exactly.
0: So go make yourself some nice Mike meals for one. For everyone mm-hmm. keeping track, Mike still hasn't made me a meal for one.
1: No, I haven't. Well, you to be fair, you did live in a different province for a little while.
0: I Yeah, I may have lived in a different time zone. But, I mean, yeah. to be fair, we were neighbors for the longest time.
1: <laughs> that is true, and I didn't make a single meal. I will I will rectify that. But until then, we'll bid you farewell. Goodbye.